Exactly. Uh, the whole schmazel. <laughs> Start to finish. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> I was waiting for the kitten caboodle layer. No, no, nope, schmazel. Schmazel. <laughs> yeah, I might come up with some weird ones. I don't know. I say A a lot too. I can't help. Nice. Number 109, eh? What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. And this podcast is here to highlight the amazing journeys of business women all over the world so you can find some great information and inspiration for your business journey. Maggie Patterson is our guest today, and she's the founder of Maggie Patterson Communications. She is a rock star writer, content creator, has her own marketing agency that really helps small businesses create all the content that they need in order to promote their businesses in a really effective way. Now, what makes Maggie amazing is that she knows where she's really great and where to spend her time in her business and where she should not and where she delegates that out to. Her business has grown tremendously and she's been through so many phases. So she has so much great information to share about what it truly takes to delegate effectively and how to get content out there that will grow your brand. She has recently just been featured on Richard Branson's blog and has also been featured in really great publications like the Huffington Post and Duct Tape Marketing. So this girl rocks. Maggie, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. I am so thrilled to be here, Katie, and to get to talk to you and share some of my story with your community today. I am very, very excited for that. Um, number one, you're a fellow podcaster, and I had the privilege of meeting you out at the podcast movement um, that was in Dallas over the summer in 2014 and um, was just just fell in love with you immediately, just really loved your energy, loved the information that you know. So you have a podcast called Marketing Moxie. You have an entire communications uh, PR marketing firm uh, that really helps with copying content creation. And I just, I really, when it comes to communications and content creation um, and marketing, it's so easy to come across people who just don't know what they're doing, but pretend that they know what they're doing. So when you come across somebody like yourself who really gets it and who really creates amazing stuff, like it's a big, big deal and you can tell right away. So I'm very excited to share your story with everyone. Let's revert back and give everyone sort of a, a background of you. Can you explain a little bit about, um, actually, I really, I, I want to know kind of when you knew you were going to be an entrepreneur. Um, at age seven. <laughs> I'm one of That's those specific. Like, I think I'm literally hardwired to be an entrepreneur. And I was actually, my parents were over for dinner last night. We were talking about this. And I really think that really cool professions and careers and we're doing things like consulting and freelancing. And, you know, my father's a, a photojournalist, but he worked freelance for many, many years. So to me, kind of following that traditional path, I knew I had, I, I kind of had this feeling I had to do it for a while, but you know, I wanted to be an author at age seven, and that's not exactly a typical career choice. So wow. from there, I mean, I literally started my first business age seven doing wagon rides. Come on. <laughs> Got shut down really quickly. But I was always coming up with ideas to make money because I was really driven. And I love the challenge of fitting all those puzzle pieces together to figure it out. So literally, I went into my corporate job and I worked in a PR agency for 
oh, I was there five or six years. And I just knew like I was doing that specific position, like building myself up through that agency, going from account coordinator to account director, being promoted really quickly, because I knew that those were the skills I needed to be able to build my own business in time. Wow. So it wasn't like it, it was, you know, you kind of got this upset and all of a sudden you wanted to kind of work for yourself. Like you knew the entire time that that was your training ground. Yeah, I literally went on maternity leave, packed up my office and knew I wasn't coming back. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I mean, that's just I no one, none of my friends, none of my family, you know, a lot of people always worry about like people believing what they're going to do and having belief in their business. No one ever questioned me because with me, it was just a fact. Me staying in a corporate environment for the rest of my career would have been insane. Wow. I'm just not well suited towards it. I can play the game, but I really don't want to wear pantyhose. <laughs> so how did you know it was the right moment to, to leap off onto your own? Well, I don't, I'm not sure I knew it was the right moment, but it seemed like a good time to pack up my office. And I went on my maternity leave and we have a year long maternity leave here in Canada. And the entire time I just kind of knew and I started working on a business plan. And then about three months before I was supposed to come back, the partner in the firm who was my mentor, she called me, we had a conversation and I was like, yeah, no, like this is just not. I knew I had to do it, but we had an entire negotiation that went on and I wanted three days a week. Like I was like, well, let's see what I can push out and maybe I can get a little nest egg going. Right. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really like, I didn't want to work in the office four days a week. I have almost an hour commute each way. You know, I had a baby who I didn't know how I was going to ever leave him in daycare. So I decided that was the time and I just literally never went back out of my maternity leave. So I was cut off the gravy train and I had a big goal that I had to make work quickly. And I exceeded that goal very much quicker than I ever would have imagined. Like, I was like, oh, we'll kind of see how this goes. And then like within two months, I was full. Oh, wow. What, like, yeah. Talk about that, about kind of why you set, it that, set that goal. What was that goal and how did you go about achieving it? Okay, so my my very, very first goal was I actually opened my business in May and my goal was by the end of the year to be making $4,000 a month. Wow. That was not replacing my income by any means. I was, you know, coming out of a very healthy, high paying job, but it was enough that kind of would meet our family needs and enable us to put some money away. That was really, we based it determined on what kind of needs we had financially with a baby, with my husband's job, with our mortgage, all that kind of stuff, you know, not living large. And by the end of June, I was bringing in six, seven, eight K a month easily. Oh my gosh. And it was girl. literally because I had, I had spent the time in the trenches. I had such a good reputation. So when I didn't go back, people were like, Hey, what's Maggie doing? So what's she up and, to? They came and followed you, right? They, I literally like we weren't allowed to poach clients. Just I was, I was their PR person. I was their writer. I was everything to them. Like I had clients who cried when I went on maternity leave because for me the relationship is always the most important part. I am not interested in having you pay for things you shouldn't be paying for. I will be respectful of your budget. You know the relationship is always what I lead with, and that has rewarded me more than I can ever, ever put into words because it's extreme loyalty it breeds because people know, like, and trust me. So and that's not to be fat-headed. That's factual. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. When you put that energy into building really great relationships, then, yeah. you know, you earn that respect and business shows because of it. Um, exactly. What Can you go through kind of a model right now of what your business model is, what services you're providing so everyone's really clear on that? 
So how what my business model is today is very different than it was, you know, for seven years, I had a very, very classic freelancing model where I had a lot of corporate clients. And I just I was bored. I decided I needed to change it up. I fell into online entrepreneurship. And I was like, wow, these are my people. This is how I want to work. I love being able to find the right people, not just not just necessarily people who are close to me geographically or happen to be someone I know. So I started to expand into that. And in the last year, I've dramatically changed my business model. I went from working mainly with corporate clients to now working with uh, solopreneurs. Generally, if I work with a corporate client, it's a startup. So, you know, very lean budgets and really working in an environment that lets us look holistically at everything they're doing in marketing. So we're not just looking at the copy or the content strategy. We're looking at the whole thing and how we can really make that work for them based on their skills, really kind of creating this customized, you know, crafted approach for them. And a lot of that growth has just come from, you know, doing really good marketing of myself and starting to build my team and round out some skill sets. Like I know I'm not great with sales funnels. So my project manager, she's a pro on that. Wow. Well, I definitely want to talk about your ability to really delegate to, you know, your team. But I want to I want to hit on something that you mentioned there. It is rare that I hear from somebody who goes who moves out of having corporate clients on into entrepreneurial clients. Usually it's kind of the other way because it seems that corporate clients are a lot more steady, you know, they have a larger budget. So did you make the I know that you wanted more creativity, but was there like a definitive like plan? Like, okay, for every one corporate client I'm going to have, I'm going to need X amount of small business clients or what have you. Like, what was there a, a very deliberate kind of shift into that? I would say I would like to say there's a there was a better plan than there was, but I literally <laughs> pulled the ripcord, Katie, and I had six. I basically had six months runway with my existing clients, and then we just kind of wrapped up. That was it, and I was like, okay, it's January. Oh man. I need to make this work. And, you know, here we are 10 months later, and I really have made it work in, uh, I mean, it's been a lot of work, but I would not have it any other way. And I realize it's not uh, the most traditional path, but I love that we can be so agile and creative and I'm doing the right thing and I'm serving the right kinds of people. And the relationships I've built up are just, it's phenomenal to me, like just the number of amazing people I've been able to work with in the last 10 months. What are some of your strategies on actually getting out there and I guess building, I don't want to say marketing yourself, but really building those relationships online in a, in a way that enables you to really build a clientele? Because like you said, these aren't people who are just, you know, in your area. So you're not necessarily meeting them at networking events. Like what have been some of your online strategies that have really been beneficial for you? I think probably the one that has really paid, I mean, there's, there's a couple, but the one that's really paid off the most for me is one-on-one interactions, being in groups, answering questions, being of service, being human. Just, you know, if someone needs help answering a question about, you know, how do I do a press page on my website? I answer it. Right. And I give, you know, I lead by giving without the expectation of receiving. And the result is that, you know, you start, I started to build relationships really quickly with people and then people know people who know people, right? So all of a sudden you were being referred to all the time. Exactly. And then the second part of what I really did is I really, really focused like 
starting like this time last year, I really focused on guest posting. And I think I've written like 65 guest posts in the last year. Wow. What for those of for those listening who may not know what a guest post is or exactly what that entails, can yeah. you do a little explanation of that? So essentially, um, most I mean, many, many websites, not all, they will take think of it as a guest star. So you will write a post for them on your area of expertise. So let's say your area of expertise is children's sleep strategies. So you're going to find some parenting websites, you're going to figure out what you could contribute to them. And then basically, you make an ask and you pitch them with your idea, no different than you would for any other type of media opportunity. And you see if there's a connection there. And then hopefully they say yes, and let you write content for their site. And it's I mean, it's on an unpaid basis. So it is work and it is an investment, but you can build your list, you can build your credibility. And in my case, I mean, I'm a living testament to how that body of work serves my business. I mean, people will literally come to me and be like, well, I looked at your press page and I'm sold. Wow. Yeah. Well, and then you do for yourself, you do a lot of marketing for yourself. You write a lot of articles. So not only are you guest posting, but you're also just out there yourself with a lot of content too, which has been very beneficial because, you know, we were just talking about this before, literally two days ago, I saw that Richard Branson actually featured one of your articles on his blog. That's huge. Yeah, that was that was kind of awesome. <laughs> kind of. That is the discussion cool. at my house was I'm a big deal on the internet. And I said to my husband, I said, I should go fold the laundry now, right? Because <laughs> I mean, I remember the very first time I had something in Huffington Post, I thought felt like a rock star for about three minutes. And then my cat threw up. <laughs> So you can't get too addicted to the accomplishment. You just have to keep moving. I love that. It's it's always like the the major success and then the humility all in the same all in the same. Yeah, vein, it's just right? like and no, you're just still normal. Well, can you walk through maybe your process for actually how to create really great content that either can be picked up as a guest post or is out there in a way that really does work for you? Well, I think, you know, the biggest part of this is figuring out what you're good at. I mean, I am a writer. I've studied, I've been studying copywriting and taking writing trainings. And I mean, I've, this is my life's work, 15 years worth of training and experience. So for me to be writing guest posts, for me to be writing my own blog content, that made a lot of sense. But maybe your gift is you're an amazing speaker and storyteller. So that's the way you're going to focus. I think it's really important you get down to kind of what your core values are, what your zone of genius is, and figure out what's going to work for you to promote yourself. Because a lot of times we get stuck in this, I call it the shoulds. Oh, I should be speaking or I should be doing this. And that's not necessarily going to serve you very well because you're not going to be performing at your highest level. You're not going to bring bringing your A game and people aren't going to connect with you in the same way. I mean, people connect with me through writing because I'm a good writer. And, you know, Katie, you're an amazing podcaster. So people connect with you that way. So really, I think the the most basic fundamental thing is figuring out like, what am I really good at? And what, um, what can I bring to the table here that is going to let me shine in the best way? And then from there, you know, really figuring out kind of what your stories are, what things you can talk about, and then, you know, layering on a whole lot of confidence. Oh, this takes a lot of moxie because love it. Um, most of us are not unless you're like a celebrity type personality, that is just you want that attention. It's very difficult for us, especially as women, a lot of times to kind of get over that hump to make the ask to put yourself out there. I mean, I've been doing this for clients for a long time. When I went to do it myself, I almost threw up every time for about a month. I was like, (laughs) Oh, God, 
I don't want to do this because it's super uncomfortable. I'm used to being behind the scenes. So to put out that personal brand is kind of icky. Yeah, I, I can totally identify. I'm the exact same way. Like I am very much the, the behind the scenes person. I make everything flow behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So actually coming out with this podcast was a very big deal because all of a sudden like it's me. Like I, you know, and I was getting requests right away, like people thinking I'm like this amazing business guru. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not me, you know, but it's it's really owning that and saying, yes, I am this expert on this, you know? Yeah. And I think until which point you kind of do two things. Number one, you believe it yourself. Yeah. No one else is going to believe it. And then the second that you really truly and do own it, because I see a lot of times people, you know, they'll work with a coach and the coach is like, oh, that's your thing. And it's like, that's not the person's thing. They know what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> so making sure, you know, does this stand up to a real test? Like, do the do I have experience to talk about this? Do I have a track record? I mean, a lot of times it's easy to say, oh, I'm an expert, slap a name tag on, say right. expert on content marketing. And the reality is, is anyone who's smart is going to call you out on that pretty quick and go, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's and very especially true. online, I think, you know, as consumers, we need to be smarter and not just take people at face value and be like, hold on, what are their skills and experience before I give you $1,000 for coaching? Maggie, you seem, you know, in all of this talk and all of your experience, it sounds like you have that confidence, like you, that you just are like, okay, I'm going to quit the workforce and I'm going to make it happen. And of course, it's going to happen. And I'm going to switch my clientele from one basket to another. And I haven't yep. even done that yet. And I'm just going to go with it. And I mean, you have to have a huge amount of moxie to do that. So what, like what personal habits do you have in your life or what can you attribute that to, um, you know, that that we can learn from? So I think the absolute best thing I ever did was marry my husband. (laughs) And I mean, I, I say that he is the perfect balance to me because, you know, I'll have these ideas and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do this. And then I start to talk myself out of it and I talk myself back into it. And he's always in the 15 years we've been together. He has never doubted any of my decisions for even a heartbeat. Like when I said, I'm going to quit my really high paying job, he's like, okay. Wow. Anything I say, he's like, if you feel that that is the right thing to do, go for it. So that support has been amazing. So, you know, If you don't have that support from a partner, you need a friend, a business best friend, you need someone who's always in your corner who's going to question you if it's not quite right, but also support you once the decision is made to let it play out. So the day you're having the meltdown saying, is this the right thing? They can pick you up and say, yeah, it is. And this is why, because you told me this last week. And then the other thing is I'm very, um, very protective as a person about my time and not in a not in a controlling way but really like I am I I am truly am an introvert at heart I need that time to recharge I need time for reflection Um, I can't always be talking like I can't have a whole day of calls or my like I will just be burnt out by the end of the day and then you know the other part is that is I don't I really don't invite people who are negative into my zone anymore I spent a lot of time getting rid of friends and people in my life that were just they were dragging me down. I was involved in drama. Like, I don't do drama. I do peace and serenity. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's being, that's also being in your 40s. Once you get to that point, you're kind of like, I'm 40. I don't need to apologize anymore. <laughs> I love that. Um, one of the things that I think you do really, really well is that you distinguish what you're really great at and then you delegate the rest, which is a mantra that we all hear, you know, like we all hear it, we all believe it in our minds, but yes. it's one thing to believe it than to do it. So 
can you can you talk about maybe how you've done that successfully because you do it very successfully so for me it all comes down to i mean dollars and cents is this a logical use of my time so the perfect example is in my house me cleaning the toilet is not a good use of my time (laughs) So I have a cleaning lady and I bring that mantra to my business because after nine years, the cleaning ladies worked out really well. And I mean, outsourcing, building a team, you know, having contractors, none of that, to be honest, came naturally to me. But as I started to shift my business model, I knew that I needed different kinds of supports than what I'd had in the past. You know, in the past, I'd had um, people who would subcontract because they would take a piece of the writing work, like if we were managing someone's corporate blog or but I needed different roles. I needed someone to take care of administrative tasks, to deal with, you know, project management software. I don't want to learn things like Infusionsoft. I don't, there's no room in my brain for that. Right. And the more stuff like that I put in there, it's taking away from creativity, innovation, and doing really great work for my clients. So I, I get really strict on that. And I will, I mean, mad props to my team because they literally will call me out and they're like you shouldn't be doing that I'm like okay here you go wow very nice yeah Yeah. and I mean I've just been really fortunate to find the right people to have on my team for anyone listening who is sitting there like agreeing with you saying yeah yeah that's exactly what I need but has no idea where to start how did you start like where did you find those people I started really small and I actually, the very first thing I did is I worked with a coach who's a genius around systems, who I think I've introduced you to, Katie Amber McHugh. Yeah. And she really kind of just put together framework and really walked me through it in terms of how to do it. And then I started really small with one assistant and she started by like managing my email and like over time, you know, she took on more and more. And then she actually left because she had some amazing opportunities in another field, which was just kind of a crazy twist of events. And it turned out one of my business besties, her sister is her VA, and she was ready to take on more clients. So I was like, hey, she's doing a great job for you. Let's try it out. And I think the biggest thing is always just kind of be on the lookout for the right person. Um, Hire someone who feels good in your gut. So, you know, start small and like just kind of baby step your ways. Like I just committed last week to having my project manager take on more hours. That's, you know, she's been working with me since February. We've been slowly growing her role as I get more comfortable. She gets to know my business. She starts to see where she can help more. And, you know, from there, you're able to just add little bits as you go versus saying, okay, I'm going to make this huge financial commitment. I'm going to feel really stressed about the fact I have to meet this financial commitment in my business. Um, I think if you can just kind of give yourself room to let it grow organically, you're going to be so much better off. I love that advice. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, Maggie, in all of your business experience, um, what has been one of the lowest moments that you've had? And how have you really gotten through that? Oh, where should I start? (laughs) Well, I'm not gonna, I'll be honest, I think last January was very, very difficult for me in a lot of ways, because uh, the client, the corporate client gravy train was over. I was looking at my PayPal account. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm used to living a certain lifestyle. And I mean, it's not an extravagant lifestyle, but I like to have money to go on trips and stuff. Right. I was looking at my PayPal. And I'm like, Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to have faith it was going to happen. And then, you know, I got caught up in a lot of things I shouldn't have got caught up on online. Um, I got caught up into a lot of comparisons. Like, why am I not 
at that level. Like, why am I, you know, I'm really good at what I do. Why am I not at X yet? And then on top of that, I was trying to do some things in my business, which in hindsight were just ridiculous. Like, why was I trying to launch a group program? I was just starting out. I need to build a following first. You know, I wasn't taking my own advice. And so I kind of stepped back. I realigned. I did some business coaching with some really smart coaches who were like, yeah, Maggie, you need to do some one-on-one work. I'm like, oh, dude, that's kind of what I've been doing all along. And but I got caught up in kind of the shoulds of internet marketing, these formulas, and you should do this and you must do that. And it's like, I realized that for me, that doesn't work. I mean, I'm not gonna lie that it was a rough month. Plus, it's winter in Canada. It's not a good time for anyone. <laughs> where do you really want your business to go? Like, what's the big vision that you have? And where are you heading? I think right now where I'm really excited is I've been working a lot on taking a lot of the things I have literally done for 15 years with clients and formalizing them and creating real kind of systems and methods around them so that I can scale those over time. So, you know, in time, those things can be a group program, they can be an ebook, and they can really start to be the things that I'm known for. And I'm really excited to see the potential of that. And then honestly, you know, being able to scale my business, so I do have eventually, you know, a full time employee, that's exciting to me. Uh, I don't want to have you know, a huge agency. But I do want to have a really nice, tight, focused agency and group of people that we're just working on this bigger vision of helping entrepreneurs do their marketing in a way that's really smart and effective. Hmm. Well, Maggie, I want to transition into our last portion of this interview, which is your favorite five. Are you ready? Go, I bring it on. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you five questions about your five f- favorite things and just, you know, tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay. Your first is, what is your favorite business tool? Oh, Basecamp, hands down. Nice. Um, what about your favorite book? My favorite book is probably what is ever on my desk. <laughs> Anne Handley, Everybody Writes. What is it? Anne Handley, and it's a book called Everybody Writes. It's about writing better content. And it's it's really smart. And Anne has literally, I've followed her career for like 10 years. I Everyone needs to be able to write to some degree. You can't always outsource your writing. So learning to be a better writer is always a good skill. Always good use of your time. Very nice. Um, what about, you know, we talked a lot about what you like to delegate. What is your favorite thing to do in your business? Oh, writing hands down. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I could, I could like I, I, my writing days are my happiest days. Wow. Very cool. Like I spent all morning writing for a client this morning and I was, I'm happy as can be now. (laughs) Um, what about your favorite online tool or app? Um, does the Magic 8-Ball app count for my iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> do Don't they laugh. really, I make, do they really have a Magic 8-Ball app? There is a Magic 8-Ball app, and I'm not going to lie. I make some major business decisions sometimes with it. That is hilarious. Very well, nice. Well, sometimes you just don't have an indicator. So I give it up to the Magic 8-Ball and see what happens. And now people are like, wow, she's really crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, you know what? When you have no idea which way, which way, you know, might as well. Um. Let's see. And lastly, you seem like a very adventurous person. So what is one of your favorite adventures? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so my there's probably two, but I'll try to narrow it down to one. My absolute favorite adventure is, I guess, a year 18 months ago, my husband and I went to Fiji. 
for 10 days. So, I mean, it was a huge, it was the biggest trip we've ever been on. It was the longest. Um, We were without my son, which was revolutionary to be out without child for 10 days. I mean, that was hard, (laughs) but we just had such a great time exploring. We went whitewater rafting in this crazy canyon where the anaconda movies were filmed you know we went on this entire day snorkeling trip in the bluest water you could ever imagine it was just such an amazing like grounding life-affirming time and oh funny when I came back from that I decided to change my business (laughs) (laughs) I I totally blame it on Fiji (laughs) that's great Oh my goodness. Well, Maggie, I really want to thank you so much for just being so open about your business experience and for sharing so many great resources and ideas. Just um, really, really wonderful. And the best of luck to you. I know you are just continuing to evolve and grow. And I'm just really proud of that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate it. If you fell in love with Maggie as much as I did and you want to find out more information about her and her services, you can go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 109. I absolutely love Maggie. She's one of those people who is just amazingly brilliant and um, is very open about the fact that she flubs up and just gets back up and does it. What really touched me about her story was the fact that she is very driven and will make things happen. I mean, it's very obvious failure is not an option for her. She just goes at it and goes hard. And I really love that attitude. She had so many pieces of great information and very actionable information in here that I hope you really grasped onto and can really use in your business. So I hope you have an awesome day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm ready.